Welcome to uh, Bethany Light. That's what I'll start calling it. It was interesting this, this morning when we were when we were here. It was just I was like, wow. Majority of the people who come to the evening service are here with their parents, and I was like, oh gosh. And so I was really excited when I saw like one person coming. I was like, all right, we're having church. I'm I'm good. I'm good to go. So I have more than one. So we're we're stoked on that. Um. Hey, before we get going, just uh, I don't know about you guys, but. I'm thinking tired right now. I'm like, I'm really tired. It's been a long day. We, we just got done having a uh, youth and family worship night. That's why the stage is totally gone. I know the equipment's up there. It's normally up there. Um, it was cool. It was great. Got to share there. We got to meet some parents. We had a band from Grand Junction. It was a lot of fun. Um, we got to do that. And then just a lot of other things. And, and, and that, that's me. And, and I don't know why I talk about myself first, because I guess I'm selfish like that. That's why I need to pray. But we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But also just... It's been an interesting day. I've been talking to a lot of people that have just lots of people coming in and out today. I probably have the swine flu now because I shook so many hands today. Um, I, like, I've, my wife knows I normally like, never use like, Purell hand stuff or wash my hands, and I actually did that like, once today. So that's how I know you know, it's going on. But in talking to all these people just today, I've literally talked to the spectrum, like people who are just like, man, today is like the best day of my life, all the way down to like, people who are having like a really bad day, like are really struggling with major things. So I've seen the whole gamut and I don't know where this room's at tonight. And so I'm not going to assume anything. And so what I want to do is I want to pray and, and just being honest about a few situations. I know that people in this church have been affected. There was, there was a, a woman named Lisa who recently passed away from the track, from the um, track team. And uh, I know that's impacted people here greatly. I know it's heavy on some of our hearts. Um, I, I know that you know school's wearing down on, on a lot of people. Um, I just know there's a lot going on, and so maybe I'm just I'm just sensing this, and maybe that's weird for for you to hear somebody say that. But I'm just sensing maybe just pray for a minute. I'm going to be silent for a minute. Maybe we'll just pray that God will just calm our hearts, calm our minds, and let's just hear what He has to say. And and, and I'm going to pray that I don't get in the way of doing that. Is that cool with everybody? Can we can we just do that for a minute? Okay. Lord God, uh, I just want to pray for this group right now that uh, I'm so thankful that people are having great days and, and I'm, I'm thankful that people are having bad days, God. I pray that your word will be piercing hearts tonight because it tells us that it's good for so many things. Uh, God, uh, I'm, I'm not necessarily praying for answers or anything tonight. I, I'm praying that your truth be spoken and that your Holy Spirit reveal things to us that we may not know. That, uh, or, or, or just even remind us of things that we have forgotten. Holy Spirit, you're just so welcome here. Please just come fill this place and, and, and make us just, I, I don't know how to describe it. I guess the best way I can describe it, God, is, is we just pray for that just feeling when it just, I, for me, I just, it, it just shakes me to my core. So Holy Spirit, please fall in this place. God, do a work in the people in here tonight. God, we, we, we know that we're, we're, we're not what we should be, but because of you, we can be. I don't understand that totally, but I love it, and I thank you for it. So God, just do something crazy here tonight. In your name I pray, amen. Whew. All right, we're going to be in Acts chapter 5 tonight, because um, we're in Acts forever, but I love it, so that's not a big deal. If you don't have a Bible, we got these new ESVs. 
in the seats in front of you, and that's the version we use. I'm really excited about it. I was talking to Hawk about it. If you don't have a Bible, please take one. Um, or if you're just like too cheap, I guess you can take one, but that's lame. And uh, to, but the, no, I'm just joking. You can take them. But they're 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 here for a reason, and um, we're really excited about them. They're they're great. And if you know somebody who needs a Bible, you can feel just. We tell our youth all the time, go to a church and steal or steal from a hotel. That's, you can do that here too. You can take our Bibles, give them to your friends. And in these ones, one of the reasons we picked these out actually is because in them, there's a lot of guidance on how to read it. it there, there's a lot of stuff in there, how to find your way through it. A lot of great resources. So feel free if you want to take one of those to do that. Um, and somebody generously paid for all those, so that's awesome. But we're going to be in Acts chapter 5 starting in verse 17. And before we, we dive in, we got to understand the Bible. Just, I, w- I want you guys to grasp something here. When we read the Bible, it, a lot of times I hear it taught in this way, and it's not necessarily wrong, but I hear it taught in the form of a snapshot. It's like a picture of this one thing. But what you have to understand is the Bible's not written that way. It's a complete story. And so if we never actually understand what happened before, that'd be like me having like, I don't know, a, give me an author. I'm drawing a blank here. What's a fiction author? Throw one out. J.R. Tolkien. Oh, yeah, way to go Christian on me, Ryan. Um, <laughs> no, but uh, like, like if you just open it up to a chapter, you're like, man, this paragraph on the 72nd page, midway down, it's really good. It, does, it wouldn't make a ton of sense. Same thing goes with the Bible, but there's a story being told here. And what we've been seeing is this. Is we're, in, we're in Acts chapter 5, and what we've seen is this, is that Jesus has gone. He's gone. But what does he say? He says, he, he, send, he sends him to a room, right? And says, wait, don't go do this alone. I'm going to send my Holy Spirit. And we call that Pentecost. And the Holy Spirit fell on him. And what that is, is that's empowerment from God to do crazy things. Crazy things. Like lead people to Christ. That's a crazy thing. We talked about that a little bit last week. Um, I believe it's 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4, if you want to see how crazy it is somebody accepting Christ, because it talks about how the son of this world or the king of this world being Satan has blinded the eyes of people. So when, when our eyes are open to the gospel message, it's nothing short of a miracle. So, so, so when I say people coming to Christ, you say, well, that's common. It's not common, but it's a beautiful, wonderful miracle. It just flat out is. It's an awesome, awesome, awesome thing. So we talked about that last week. But, but what's happening here is, is now the apostles have the power of the Holy Spirit, and they are out using it. They're not shy with it. They are out there. And last week what we talked about, basically what they did. They prayed. They, 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 and it wasn't just a prayer. We, we, we spoke about this in depth. We spoke about how it wasn't just a prayer like, oh, God, please help us. It was, God, please Please, please, I like got pleading is, is actually what the words, um, if you were to read it in the original language, it's a, it's a deep burden, like heartache. Lord, please stretch out your hand to do signs and wonders so that your son, Jesus Christ, may be glorified, was their prayer. That's in Acts chapter 4. That's a powerful prayer, especially if it's meant. And they meant it. And so they begged and they begged and they begged. And then all of a sudden, things started happening, right? People were being healed. That's an okay thing. It's a good thing. People being healed. Um, evil spirits are being cast out. I mean, just crazy things. And, and people are being added to their multitudes. And then we looked at Ananias and Sapphira, the two people who wanted to be like the apostles, but really didn't have the heart to be like the apostles. They, they were faking it. And they dropped dead because of that. And it's a really intense story. Right? And then we, and then we, we, we kept reading and, and it talked about how people 
what would they do? They feared them, but not in a negative fear, like, oh man, those creepy Christians, I don't want to go near them kind of fear. It's not what I'm talking about. It was a good kind of fear, and it says many came to know Jesus. So the people, even the, and then it even says in there that the people who didn't know Jesus highly respected them. It's a cool thing. It's a beautiful picture of the church because what you have is you have people doing wonderful signs. You have people being healed. You have people coming to Christ. You have deep-seated prayers. You have signs and wonders which are a testimony to the gospel. In a sense, they're proof. It's not the gospel, but it's a sign. It's proof. It's a testimony to say, yes, I agree with that. God's saying, that's it. And crazy things happen. And so all this is happening, and we just see these signs and wonders happening. And they spoke the word boldly. It's just so much cool stuff going on. But we start getting into this, and this is when, and, and, and I don't, I, I'm not sure the timetable here. I, I've, heard different, I've read several commentaries on it. I've heard so many different ones that I'm not going to assume the timetable. But all we know is that right here, where we are tonight, it starts getting tougher. It starts getting a whole lot tougher. And so let's read it, and then we'll talk about it, all right? If you don't have a Bible or you don't feel like reading, it's going to be up there, too. So, Acts chapter 5, verse 17. But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles, put them in public prison. But during the night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. Now when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council and all the senate of the people of Israel and sent, and sent to prison to have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in prison. So they returned and reported, We found the prison securely locked and the guards, and the guards standing at the doors But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what what this would come to. And someone came and told them, Look, the two men, I'm sorry, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, and brought them, but not by force, for they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Okay. Before we dive in, can we just agree this is a weird story? This is a different story. This is not everyday, commonplace things that we see, okay? Um, if you're having an everyday encounter with the, with the angel of the Lord, that's cool. I, I don't. Um, I, I personally, as far as I know, never met him. Uh, but uh, just before we dive in, because, okay, I love Christian books, I really don't like Christian bookstores. You ever been in them? They're kind of weird a lot of times. I see these pictures of these angels and stuff. It's kind of a weird picture of an angel. I'm not going to dive into what that is. I encourage you, though, on your own time to really study what an angel is and what an angel isn't. Okay? They're not just these guys. They're not dead relatives. Okay? They're not. That's not biblical. They're created beings that are to serve the purpose of God. And we have good ones and we have bad ones, right? Satan is a fallen angel, right? He's not equal with God. He was created by God. He was not created evil. He was created to serve God. He chose to be evil, okay? So, so just being clear on that before we dive in, because I just hear some really goofy stuff 
about angels. And I'm like, where did you hear that? What, like, I, I don't understand some stuff. It, it's just goofy, but enough of that. But what, what we see going on here, here is this. I wrote this down because I heard John Piper say it, and it just really struck a chord in my heart, and I hope it does with you too. And he said this, he says, there's a price, price, a price and preciousness of the crazy power of God. There's a price and preciousness of the crazy power of God. And we see some of that price coming out here, that there's just some bad things going on. They're being arrested, all sorts of things. And, 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 what, and what, what's going on here is this, is, is that we have the dynamic church. I used to be a, a ski instructor for a while, and, and I, I took all my PSIA tests and learned all these big words, and dynamic became one of my favorite words. We, we, we talk about in, in, in skiing, if anybody's familiar with this, a dynamic movement, right, is moving. Static is being still. I'm sure you guys know this. You're like, wow, man, you're really blowing my mind here. Okay, I, I get it. Uh, you're smarter than me when I heard it. I was like, oh, that's a cool word. Um, but dynamic is movement. Static is being still. What we have here is we have a dynamic church. They are moving in all sorts of ways. They are moving in all sorts of ways. But there's a static church, and it's not the church of Jesus. It's the Sadducees is what it tells us. It is, is very static and they're not moving, and they're really not liking the movement that's going on. And I want us to be careful with this, because I personally believe that, that the Pharisees and the Sadducees and people like that, I think they get a bad rap in the Bible. Because everybody reads, and like, oh, I hate those stupid Pharisees, those guys are jerks. And, and, and they are, I mean, they killed God, that's not good. We can all agree on that. But the bottom line here is we can't play that game. We've talked about it here. We talk about this a lot because I think it's really important is that we can't play the game of, oh, if I was there, I wouldn't have done that. Or I wouldn't have been that way. I don't know. I hope I wouldn't have been, but, but we just can't always assume that we would have been right. That's a dangerous ground to play, and especially when we read about these guys, because even Jesus up on the cross, what does he say to him? He says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And so Jesus even found love in his heart for them. And I know it's kind of a weird way to look at it, but I, I think it's really important. But the dynamic church was enjoying the new, and the dead council was defending the old. This is a fear that I have for us. I look around this room, and we're pretty young. And right now we enjoy dynamic. We enjoy change. And I want to say this right because I don't want to mess it up because it's really important because I think I have a lot of mentors that are much older than me. I have a lot of them because I'm that messed up. I need that many. I, I have a lot. And these, th these older people, that they, they love to see God work in new ways. They love to see God work in new ways. Now, let me be very clear on something because I can be taken very wrongly here, especially by people on the podcast who write me emails about things that I say. But is this, is I'm not saying that the gospel changes. I'm not saying that the word of God changes. I'm not even saying that God changes. I'm saying God is just as relevant today as he was a thousand years ago. I don't need to make God relevant in any shape or form. He is relevant. He is God. He is who he is and will be forever, okay? I want to be really clear on that. But God likes to do new things. 
He really does. How many times when you read through the Bible, how many times do you see God use the same miracle to prove his point? How many burning bushes do you see? How many plague of locusts do you see? How many, how many times do you see the, the, the sun blotted out? How many times do you see, well, actually you see famine a lot. Okay, let's not use that one. But there's, you see God likes to use different things. God is creative. Because he is the creator, Right? So I want to encourage us in this, and, and maybe, maybe for some of you it won't stick, but I, I really hope it sticks for a few of us, so that as we get older, and, and I'm not, understand me, I'm not knocking an older generation by any mean. We need them. They're highly important to us. We don't know what we're doing that well. Okay, we need them, just being really clear in that. But as we get older, I want to be like my mentors, I want to be somebody like, uh, if, you, if you come here in the morning, you'd get to meet this lady named Phyllis Shanklin. She's awesome. If you've never had a hug from her, you need to do it. Uh, she, she, she's, she, she's older than me <laughs> by, but by several years. I, I don't know how to say that politely. But she's older than me, and, and she comes up to me every week, and she hugs me, and, and, and she goes, I love it. I love it. And I know she doesn't like the music. I know she doesn't like the volume level. I know she would rather not sit in a circle I know art's not her thing, but what she loves is she loves the gospel first and foremost. She loves the gospel. And you know what she says? Oh man, it's so great for me to see my babies worshiping. And she's talking about her 37-year-old son who's here worshiping. She gets it. Right? I want to be like that. And so just an encouragement as you, as you read this and you see the Sadducees here. And I wrote it down. I put it this way. I just said, the dynamic church was enjoying the new and the dead council was defending the old. And there are old things that need to be held on to. But can we just try to fix our minds that if we become comfortable here with this, how it is, this isn't the end. Do you understand that? My style of preaching, Tom's style of preaching, whoever you like, we're dependent on Jesus, not us. We're dependent on the gospel, not the building here. Not the art, not the music. We're dependent solely on the gospel word going forth and being given righteousness for no apparent reason other than love. So maybe as we get older, I really want, I just love to train up a generation that is just, would be so in love with seeing a next generation come into a knowing relationship with Jesus that they'll do anything short of sin to reach them for the gospel. And what I see here is this, and one of my, and a pastor that I love dearly said this, tradition is the living faith of dead men. The living faith, good thing. Tradition is the living faith of dead men. Traditionalism is the dead faith of living men. Tradition is the dead faith, I mean, is the living faith of dead men. Traditionalism is the dead faith of living men. Let us be a group that just loves the gospel so much that we'll do anything short of sin to reach the next generation and the next generation and pour into people and pour into people. We won't be the people that when Paul talks about us, he's not saying, hey, 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 stop drinking milk. I see that you can feed yourself now. That's what I want God to say. I mean, you can feed yourself so, so you can take care of yourself to a point where you can go after the next generation. That's, what, that's my prayer for our generation as a whole in here. That has nothing to do with this sermon. Don't know where I was going there.
<laughs> what time is it? Okay, let's go to verse 20 in, the, in our text. Chapter 5, verse 20. So this is kind of, this is, this is probably the key verse in this chunk of scripture. It says this. Go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. I want you to focus on three words in there. Go, stand, tell. Go, stand, tell. Are you noticing a trend here? Last week it was pray, speak boldly, signs and wonders happen, multitudes come. There is, God uses processes a lot of times. He lays things out for us. Because he understands that we work that way. I, I really believe that. And, and here, he, he frees a group of people so, so that they can run away. Not at all. Well, one of the things I love about the gospel is just how nuts it is. If you got thrown in prison and you got broken out, are you going to go right back to the same place you just got caught? That's stupid. But the angel told them, go, stand, and tell. So here's the question for us. Where do we go? Where do we go? I, I, I don't know the answer for you personally, but I can, I can tell you your answer for tomorrow. <laughs> Wherever you go. The apostles knew where they were. And they knew that people needed to hear the gospel. They knew this. Why? Because their lives had been so changed by what they had seen. You got to remember, these are people that literally walked with Jesus. They watched him do the whole like crazy thing where he ascended into heaven. Right? They had to go. They had to go to the people because to keep it to themselves, well, one, it's just not obeying the gospel message. There is an active part in the gospel. Going. Going to all nations, making disciples, right? Everywhere. Man, there's some people out there that are just, oh man. If you've never really gotten into missionaries, you need to. If If you ever get a chance to just be around a missionary... They're just the coolest people to be with, especially missionaries who just go into the most crazy places you could ever imagine. Because they see God just, I, I, I don't totally understand it, and, and I'm envious of it. But here's, here, here's what bothers me, is I don't think what they experience should really be that different for us here. If you're not called to go into the mission field, if you're not called to go into the, the craziest of crazy places, like Todd and Bonnie Huckabee, they, 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 they share about their, their uh, friend who's, a midwife in Muslim nations, and they can't tell you where because she'd get killed for doing it. Not, of us are, not all of us are called to do that. Some of us are, and, and, I'm, and I thank God for you because we need to reach everybody for the gospel. That's how important this is. But some of us are called to be right here, right where you are. Your workplace, your school, I don't know, wherever you are. Listen, why do you need to be there? Why do you need to be there? Because guess what? Crap happens. That's one reason. I can think of it across. If Christians are there and they have good theology, 
Okay, I'm not a guy that's always like head knowledge, head knowledge, head knowledge. I think there's a lot of heart. It's a, it's a combination between the two. But people who have good theology in tough situations a lot of times can really help a situation. I have a high schooler, I've shared about him a couple times here, who is suffering through great things, but he understands good theology because when people come to him and they say things like, your, your dad died because, well, it's just part of God's plan. He knows well enough to go, that is not God's plan for my dad to die. Was he surprised? Not at all. His plan from the beginning was my father to live. Was God's plan for him to kill himself? Absolutely not. That's absurd. That's bad theology. But when Christians go into an area and, they, and they've entrenched themselves in the word of God and, and, and they understand in their humble do you understand? Good theology with humility is a good thing. Theology is a big sword. And if you wield it incorrectly, it can really hurt people. But when we can go into a place and we've experienced things and we understand this, this gospel truth, that God does love us so much. As 1 John says, that not, that, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us even in our greatest attempt, right? So we need to go. Christians need to be there. We can't just sit back. We're not sideline people. We need to go. Okay. We need to stand. How many of us, I, I, I really think a problem with Christianity today in the church, and I'm kind of realizing my tone a little bit tonight, and I'm not saying that we have all the answers. I, I don't want you to take it that way, because I'm saying problem with Christianity, problem with the church. I, I'm, we have plenty of problems here, trust me. Come to a staff meeting, we're dysfunctional. Come to an elders meeting, we're dysfunctional. You can sit in sometime. We don't really know what we're doing all the time, okay? But we have to stand for something. And, and, and a lot of times, I, I think we're just bored. I think our faith is really boring. Really? I mean, come on. How many of us have really just, how many of us would rather, and, and I can throw myself into this at times, how many of us would rather play we than stand for Jesus at times because it's more exciting? That's not Jesus' fault. I've, I've talked about this. This is something, man, God's been wrecking me on this year. I love football to death. I love the Cincinnati Bengals to death, even though they got blown up today by the Texans. It's okay, Baltimore lost. Um, but something God's been wrecking me on, I won't stand and cheer for the gospel going forth or the name of Jesus the way I do when Ocho scores a touchdown. I won't get as mad or upset, or my heart won't get going when I hear a false gospel being preached as I do when an interception is thrown. How stupid is that? On my part. Not you. I don't know where you are. I'm just saying on me. My faith is big. My faith needs to be big. My faith needs to be exciting. I need to be going out. I need to be standing for the name of Jesus. 
which the word of God tells us that before, but before the name of Jesus, all, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess. That's the name that I stand behind and I need to start acting like it and I really hope that you're willing to do it with me. Because we stand for Jesus. We need to tell. We need to tell the gospel truth. They did. What do you think they were saying when they're out there preaching? And we're talking about like the Bethlehem Braves, or, or, or you know, whatever sport they would have had going. I, I, I highly, I mean, they might have been. I don't know. They're all about contextualization, so they might have. I have no idea. They could have worked it into the sermon somehow. But basically, they're telling the gospel. There's this interesting dynamic that we have, and, and I, I'm, I'm fearful of the younger generation in particular becoming so action-oriented that we never tell. My wife and I, we both love a comment. It's by St. Francis of Assisi, and I'm sure many of us have heard it. It's, speak the gospel at all times, but if necessary, use words. I agree with it. It just so happens that a lot of times it's really necessary. It's a combination. Tom spoke on it this morning. It's a, we can't always be on a pendulum. I feel like we are. Sometimes we're the show people. We'll just show the gospel. We'll show the gospel. We'll love, we'll love, we'll love, we'll love. And then we'll swing over here and then all we'll do is we'll tell, we'll tell, we'll tell, but we don't show. It's not meant to go that way. It's meant to be in the middle. It's meant to be equal amounts of both. The gospel is to be shown. We talked about it last week. We talked about signs and wonders last week. Signs and wonders are a testimony to the gospel. Show them off, man. Show off your guide. The example I used last week, and I love doing it, and I've been looking for opportunities to do it, and I haven't found it this week, and I can't wait for it to happen again, because I just remembered it when I was preaching, was I shared that when I was in college, what I used to do all the time, when somebody just would not want to hear the gospel, and they knew I was going to share it with them, and they'd even shut me down before I even tried. A lot of times I'd say, okay, okay, give me this situation that is uncontrollable. Give me this situation that can't, that can't be fixed. Give me the person that can't be healed. Give me that thing, and I'm going to pray for it so hard so that when my God shows up and shows off, you know that he is real and very powerful. Do you see how you can preach the gospel with signs and wonders? It's not meant to be a separate department. I mean, it drives me nuts. We can have churches that, that were, were, were word-driven churches or were social action justice-driven churches. It doesn't work that way. That's not the gospel. The gospel is a whole compartment. It's, it's one big thing. It all goes together. God is justice, right? He is love, but he's also a lot of other things. He is true. He's kind, he's loving. He, he, you know, it, it, it's like, well, God is love. He is love, but he's not only love, right? Let's stop trying to put him into the area of where we belong. That's just not gonna work for God. The encouraging thing is that Jesus says this. He says, you know what, guys? I'm gonna build my church no matter what. 
That should be an encouragement to us, not like, oh, man. It's like, man, he's going to do it even no matter how much we mess it up. And not even the gates of hell will stand against it. That's what the word says. Acts 14.3 says this. So they remained for a long time, speaking boldly for the Lord, who bore witness to the word of his grace, granting signs and wonders to be done by their hands. Spoke boldly, signs and wonders happened. It's a complete package. Grab onto that. My fear is that a lot of times we'd rather just like act like a good person than really speak the gospel. Because it's tough. It's really hard. And I understand that. I'm not, I'm not knocking you guys here. Trust me, it's really, really hard. And for some of us, it's different. It's hard in different ways. It's really hard for me to share the gospel with people who are really close to me. My family, I, I, I share this a lot. It's so hard for me. Because here's the bottom line, my grandma's it. Who believes in Jesus. I got a lot of work to do in my family. I got a big family. You bring me a stranger off the street, I can share the gospel like crazy. I don't know why. I just struggle in that area. I don't know where it is for you. Maybe it's the other way. We have to tell, what is the gospel? What is it? And it was funny because I, I, I spoke earlier. I spoke earlier at, at the youth and family thing, and, and, and I was like, wow, that's really good. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 2. It's a little one. Ephesians 2. And you are dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work, and the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body, in the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. Now, that's harsh. I get it. That's tough stuff. Here's good news. Here's the gospel. You hear me say that word a lot tonight. Here's the gospel. You ready? Verse 4. But, oh man, that's such a good word right there. Because if it stopped there, that'd be really stinking depressing. But, God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up with him and seated, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For, for by grace, grace, get that, by grace you have been saved, not by anything you can do. I want to clear that up. By the sheer grace of God. Nobody in here is good enough for it. By grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. None of us in here can boast about how good we are. None of us. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We see it again right there at the end, that he's prepared us to do good works. He's prepared us to do something. 
my prayer is so much, just because I'm not that good at it. My prayers are about 15 second long prayer times and then I get distracted. My ADD kicks in. Anybody else there? Yeah? All right, cool. I'm not alone. My prayer a lot of time is this, and I don't even know how many times I say it. It's like, God, help me do something. Do something. Do something crazy. Use me. Blow me up. I don't know. Like, not literally blow me up, but, like, but I'm, I'm, I'm saying, do something in me. Just wreck me. Use me as an example. I don't know. I'm too dumb to figure it out most of the time. Help me out here, God. Here's the question for us, and this is a bit metaphorical, but I'm, I'm going there anyways because I feel like the, the word leads there. And then I'll wrap it up. They were in prison. And you see here coming up, if you keep reading, we're going to be going, we're going verse by verse to the book of Acts, so we're, we'll get there. But really shortly from here, people start dying. They start getting killed for this. And they knew it. They knew it was coming. But for those, and, and I, I know this, I didn't intend it this way, but it just kind of came out this way. This message is primarily for those who believe in Jesus. But some of us in here, I think the angel of the Lord may have swung those doors open, and I think we might just be sitting there like the door's not open. Because we know if we step out, it's probably going to be harder. For God to show up and show off through you, it takes a level of obedience. It takes a level of repentance. Metaphorically speaking, I think a lot of us in here may have a lot of things that are holding us prisoner. It's crazy, too, to think about, isn't it? That we can have an addiction, a issue, a something that we know that Jesus wants to set, set us free from it, but it's just so hard to do. Trust me, I'm, I'm not downplaying the thing that can be holding you prisoner. I am not. Because it's real and it's tough. I know for a fact there are people sitting in here who are currently just dealing with heavy things and are beating it by the sheer grace of God. But one, have you asked him? Have you begged him? Have you dropped your knees and said, God, help me beat this? Because I realize until I do, I can't go. I can't stand. And I sure can't tell. Hear me on something. I'm not, I'm not saying he's, he's only using perfect people. He's, he's using people who are humble. People who are willing to say, I'm not all there, God help me. If you're waiting till you're there, until you've arrived, you're not going to get there. You're just not. So maybe some of us in here tonight, maybe our prayer needs to start looking like, God help set me free. And, and, and maybe you need help in the area. Maybe you need a good Guys, maybe you need a man in your life who can speak truth into it. To be honest, shame on you if you haven't sought that out. Because I know there's men in here who would love to help you with things. Women, 
If, if, if you need a godly older woman in your life, seek her out. So many of us are waiting for community to happen. You got to go after it at a certain level. We'd love to help, but guess what? We can't until you tell us. It's really hard to read your mind. It does not come with the super pastor powers that God has given me because I don't really have any, okay? Like, it just, I don't really have any besides being able to speak in a way that I can rip on myself enough to make you comfortable enough to hear the gospel. Seek it out. Seek out community. Get help because God wants to use you. We need more people. We don't want big churches so we have big churches. We want big churches so we can reach more people. I think we can do it. I just think we need to humble ourselves and submit to him and say, God, set us free. I, I, I just have a feeling that so many of us, the door's open and we're just sitting there looking at it like, well, if I step out, they're going to see me. Step out of the door, get some help, and go stand and tell. It's pretty much the end of the message there, but th- there's one thing I have to add on because we're starting up a new program, and I'm, I'm really excited about it. Tom's really good at naming stuff. I'm not. Tom's the creative one of the two. You can tell by his awesome hairstyle um, and his ability to use multiple layers of clothing, which I can't do, and match them. <laughs> I, it's so funny because I was just telling him, man, I have made fun of you in a sermon forever. But he, he came up with this thing, and we're going to call it this. We're calling it One Life, and, and here's what we think. We think that we have enough people in here who are willing to be set free. We have enough people in here we think that are really doing it. And so we're going to, we want to give you something practical here, something that's really practical, and that's usually not us. We're not an A plus B equals C kind of church, but this is pretty practical, and we're calling it One Life. And, and, and here's what it is. We're encouraging you to invest in One Life as a believer of Jesus to go stand and tell. The second Sunday of every month in church, we're going to deliver. We, we give the gospel every week. That's something we, we're very picky on. We, we use the word Jesus as much as we can because we really love him a lot and he's worthy of using his name as much as possible. We do that every week, but the second Sunday of every month, it is just going to be gospel dripping. We're going to make it as blatantly obvious who Jesus is and what he wants to do. I know that's kind of a weird thing, but I know just for some of us, it's really hard to really give the gospel. We don't know how, and so we want to help. Bring them here. We'll tell them the gospel. You be their friend. You love them. You take care of them. You do the work. We'll do it with you. We'll help you in whatever way we can, but we're calling it One Life, so we're encouraging you to try to think of one person. One person. That you can... One, you can be set free to go stand and tell to. It might be a, this one person, you might be praying for them while because you might be going, I'm not there yet. I have some work to do. We get that. One of the things we always say here is it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to stay that way. We want to help. We want to get you going. All right? Let's actually do something with our faith. Let's stop being bored with it. Let's bring the gospel to some people. Let's see revival break out. Let's see crazy things happen. Let's expect signs and wonders. Let's do all those things. 
Not for our glory, but for his, for Jesus's. Okay? You know, I mean, you don't have to say, okay, you can be like, Matt, you're an idiot. I'm never going to do that. That's fine. But it's not fine. <laughs> Let me pray before I say anything stupid. Like it already hasn't happened. And let's just, some of us, if we need to be set free here tonight, let's just start working on that right here, right now. Don't leave here in just a way where you're like, oh man, I'm, I'll deal with that next week. That's just not really going to cut it. I, I think we all know what happens when we do that. Let's start dealing with stuff now. Maybe if you're like, man, I know who I want. Maybe you're just so excited that you, now it was like, oh, you know, like it's like almost like sometimes for me when people just point it out to me, it's like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm setting you free to do that, okay? To get excited about bringing the gospel to somebody. As dorky as that might sound, I'm setting you free to do that. So let's pray. Be thinking of these people. Father God, you're so good. Even in situations where it just, oh, it, I, I've been there, God, where it's just like, it's like, how can you be good if this is going on or if my life looks like this or if this situation has happened? I, I, I've been there, God. And, and so, God, I pray for people in here tonight who are there. They'll realize that your intention for us is never to harm us. God, man, our world's so broken and so fallen. Just turn on the TV and it breaks my heart, God. So I know who you're gonna send, God. It's us. And so I pray for these people in here right now that they'll be the kind of people that will just be so ready to go and stand and tell. The, the, I, I pray that these will be the people that will be praying stuff like, oh God, please reach down your hand so that signs and wonders may be done so that the son, your son, Jesus Christ, may be glorified. God, I just pray that over our people and, and people in other churches and people in churches and, and just foreign places all over the world. God, it's just so wonderful seeing your gospel going forward and all these foreign countries and places that I just, I can't even pronounce the name of what they're called. God, we ask for some of that here. I think we're so bored, but help us not be bored. Get us excited. It's a wild ride, God, and, and we want to go on it with you. But we really don't know how all the time, so we ask for some help. We love you, God. We do. Even if our actions may not show it sometimes. Thank you for your son. Thank you for him dying on the cross for me. God, as any of us may have, we, we, I think we can all admit we have all fallen short. And God, maybe people in here who really don't know you, or even that's just a weird saying to them. I, I, I mean, God, I pray that your Holy Spirit will fall in their heart. As in 2 Corinthians 4 4, it says that you will be just, that, that, that the heart that is blinded will be made able to see. Because I know I'm not eloquent enough to make this sound good enough to believe because it's weird and it's crazy. So God, we ask that you do a work on them. I pray for the people that brought them that they'll be bold enough to bring the gospel to them and tell them more about you. I thank you for those people, God. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.